This Autoconverse podcast is brought to you in part by Acorns, Grow Your Oak. Acorns helps you grow your money. In under five minutes, get investment accounts for you and your family, plus retirement, checking, ways to earn more money, and grow your knowledge. Take control with all-in-one investment, retirement, checking, and more. Just $1, $3, or $5 a month. Find out more by going to autoconverse.com slash acorns. That's www.autoconverse.com forward slash acorns. From Acorns, Mighty Oaks Do Grow. I want to show you some video here. Uh, this is a uh, this is a protest in Paris. How would you describe that, Stu? Very large. Very large. Very, very Tens large. Tens of thousands, at least. Tens of thousands. It seems to go on forever. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is not from the BBC. This isn't on Reuters. This isn't the AP. This isn't on CNN. This is nowhere. Uh, Same uh, look at Paris, different place, different day. What do you have here? Another riot on the street. Okay, this is not Antifa. This is a group of regular people. Okay, try this one on. Cut uh, Cut 10, please. And what are they chanting? Thousands of people. Again, different day, different street. Paris. They are chanting liberty. That's what they're chanting. Why isn't this on the front page of the New York Times? That was Glenn Beck from The Blaze, showing viewers video footage of riots and protests in France that are not being covered in mainstream U.S. media. The protests, he explains, are French citizens pressuring authorities for the extreme cost of energy, mostly due to Russia's war in Ukraine. But France is not the only country experiencing such protests. Beck goes on to cite protests in Belgium, Berlin, and even other European countries. Why the protests? Well, perhaps it is because Europeans are fed up with far-left policies that have resulted in sky-high inflation, dangerously low oil supplies, and food prices that are still increasing. And while Europe faces a winter during which citizens may not be able to afford heat, America is not in position to help them. In the episode, Glenn explains why U.S. policies have made America, the world's most reliable lifeboat, unable to responsibly assist the nations that will soon need it most. From Autoburst Media, this is Autoconverse. Hey, we got a good show lined up for you today. Oh, well, I'm a Game of Thrones nut, so that's, that's, that's my jam. The robots are listening. The robots are listening. All right, and welcome to another episode of the Autoconverse podcast, where we explore people, ideas, and technologies that influence how we are connected and the way we get around. I am Ryan Drady. Great, as always, to be here with you. Last week on the podcast, we opened up the can of worms about energy. And to recap, over the last couple of years, much emphasis has been placed on the infiltration of electric vehicles in the global car market. As more and more vehicles enter the market, the demand for electricity will, of course, increase. And with that increase in demand comes 
you guessed it, an increase in price. Because of this, a good proactive strategy for all concerned citizens could be to seek some levels of energy independence. One way to attain this is through solarizing your home, if you are in position to do so. But energy independence with your vehicle does not appear to be an option. The way things are going, only gas-powered and electric vehicles will be available in the foreseeable future. And with recent legislation in progressive states such as California and New York, let alone other European countries, gas-powered vehicles could quickly become obsolete. So why not solar-powered cars that can store energy for when the sun is not out? Companies such as Toyota believe that hydrogen-powered vehicles could be more energy-efficient and better for the overall environment than EVs, but this does not help the cause of gas-powered vehicles with the Internal Combustion Engine, or ICE. Reality is, the global push for electric vehicles will have long-term ramifications for all of the world. Some of those will be beneficial and some harmful. But rather than get too deep into that, how about some headlines? Right. To kick things off, Jay Leno and General Motors came up with a super fast yet environmentally friendly jet car that actually worked, but it never made it through production. Why? Well, aside from comical quips, the Tonight Show host is also known for having one of the most expensive car collections ever. Among his ostentatious automobile display are unique one-off examples like the Echo Jet, an outlandish turbine-powered jet car. It was first unveiled at the 2006 Special Equipment Market Association event in Las Vegas as a special collaboration between Leno and GM's then-global design vice president, Ed Welburn. Leno's jet car project started out as an idea that he and his mechanic sketched out on paper napkins. The concept eventually made it to his friends at GM's design team who used aircraft and Formula One race cars as inspiration in bringing it to life. If it resembles captivating Cadillac concept cars, well, that's because GM gave it a hint of the brand's luxury styling as well. However, it doesn't just look like an aircraft. It literally has the heart of one, a Honeywell LTS 101. So the long and short of it is this. Jay Leno built literally an eco-friendly, jet-powered Cadillac high-performance car. It's not going to production. It's not going to ever see the light of day, but he has made it. And it's pretty badass, so check that out. There's a link to it in the show notes. And what's this? Kanye West is set to buy conservative social media platform Parler. The rapper, formerly known as Kanye West, is offering to buy right-wing friendly social network Parler shortly after getting locked out of Twitter and Instagram for anti-Semitic posts. The acquisition of Parler would give West, legally known as Ye, control of a social media platform and a new outlet for his opinions with no gatekeeper. And this is right on the heels of Elon Musk attempting to buy Twitter. Now that deal is back on the table. I'm not reporting on it because it does keep going back and forth, but based on what I can find out, uh, Elon Musk is all set to, to, uh, to complete the purchase of Twitter, plans to lay off up to 75% of people. Here's Kanye West wanting to get his hands on Parler and just goes to show the need that people have for media 
and having a voice and an outlet that's not censored that they can control. And in one sense, it's a double-edged sword. I mean, does everybody need a media platform? No, absolutely not. Not everybody needs a media platform, but some of us do. We need a media platform. And that's why we do things like this. But this could be an emotional response that Kanye or Ye is going through. Who knows where it's going to lead and even if it's going to serve him well. Me personally, I'm not a huge fan. I say stick with what your lane is. And in Kanye's, in Ye's case, his lane is making great hip hop music and putting it out. He doesn't need a record label. He's got his own. He doesn't need sponsors. He should just focus on his own thing. And, and if Parler fits in with that, then more power to him. That's for him to decide. Into some other interesting news. Uber Eats is set to deliver pot in Toronto. Yes, Uber Eats customers in Toronto will be able to order cannabis starting this week. And that's thanks to a new partnership with Leafly. Why it matters? Well, it's the first time that marijuana delivery can be available through a major third-party delivery platform such as Uber. And the way it works is those in Toronto aged 19 years old and over will be able to order in the app as they would from a restaurant, although when searching for cannabis, users will be warned they must be of legal age. Deliveries will be made by the cannabis retailer's staff rather than an independent driver. And those delivering the order will also verify a customer's age and sobriety in order to conform to Canadian law. The program will begin with three retailers, Hidden Leaf Cannabis, Minerva Cannabis, and Shiva's Rose. And on a similar front, Circle K gas stations in the U.S. are adding a new product for convenient pickup, and that is weed. Next year, when consumers in Florida pick up a soda, chips, or a candy bar when they load up for gas at Circle K gas station stores, they'll be able to add another new item, and that is licensed medical weed. Circle K, a Canadian convenience store and gas station operator, is teaming up with leading cannabis packaged goods company Green Thumb Industries to sell marijuana at a limited number of locations in 2023. The rollout of the pilot uh, will begin with 10 locations where Green Thumb will set up its Rise Express dispensaries adjacent to the Circle K convenience stores. And Circle K has 600 locations in the state. Customers can buy a number of cannabis products, including flour, pre-rolls, gummies, and vapes at the dispensaries. So yeah, this is starting to happen, both in the U.S. and Canada, uh, even though uh, cannabis marijuana is technically a schedule uh, schedule one drug and federally illegal. It, there are loopholes in this. <laughs> there are loopholes between the state and the federal governments and businesses are clearly capitalizing on this. Getting back to the energy front, General Motors takes on Tesla with its solar power and energy storage system. GM plans to compete with Tesla's solar and power wall business by offering its own sun-generated power and storage system starting late next year. A new business unit, as we reported on last week, called GM Energy is working with SunPower to provide solar panels and home energy storage for residential and commercial users. It is similar to Tesla's energy business, in which panels sold by the automaker charge a battery that supplies homes with electricity at night or during blackouts. The home energy system will be available alongside GM's electric version of 
the Chevy Silverado, production of which is expected to start next year. And for GM, it is a way to enter into the energy storage business while serving electric vehicle owners and giving them a cheaper way to charge their vehicles. As part of the initiative, GM is also cutting deals with utilities to enable buyers of its EVs to use their vehicle's battery power to battery to power the home if there is a blackout. So look, this is happening. Obviously, Tesla's got got gotten things kickstart kickstarted. GM's in the mix, and you're going to see probably automakers and other battery manufacturers enter into the market. And mark my words here, energy independence is going to be a thing. I mentioned in the beginning. It is strange to me that we are able to pursue energy independence at our homes, but not within the vehicles that we drive. Why is it that we cannot acquire automobiles, vehicles that are energy independent and can operate off of solar, maybe even wind? But that leads to some other developments. While GM is working to catch up to Tesla, Tesla has launched a wall connector for non-Tesla vehicles. Tesla has been making a lot of promises about including the rest of the world with its charging solutions. And one of those promises is added support for alternative brands at its supercharger locations, which the company has been working on making a possibility through the use of on-site adapters. Well, now it is opening its popular home charging solution to the J1772 plug masses as well. The company is doing so by offering a brand new J1772 edition of its wall connector that can be purchased and installed at your home. It features a slick black finish with silver trim running around the edges with the familiar status LED bar and Tesla logo. Looking at it looks exactly like Tesla's normal wall connector except for the fact that it has the J1772 connection at the end. It can still be used to charge Tesla vehicles as well using the normal adapter that a Tesla owner would use at a third-party J1772 charging stations. This allows a non-Tesla owners to be able to host both options at home while being able to take advantage of Tesla's sleep design. So way to go, Tesla. All right, let's get into some connectivity news. AWS and BMW, that's Amazon Web Services and BMW, are developing a cloud platform for connected cars. They're intensifying their collaboration in the field of connected cars, and the two recently developed a new cloud solution for distributing and managing data for connected cars. The solutions are to form the basis of a new cloud-based data platform for BMW's vehicles, and the car maker will use the platform to integrate data from vehicles and ultimately accelerate the development of automotive applications. The platform allows cars to become their own software platform. So not going to get too far into this, but wanted to emphasize a very large tech uh, partner integration here with an automaker. And speaking of BMW, BMW also plans to invest $1.7 billion in the U.S. to, to produce electric vehicles. The investment will include $1 billion for production of EVs at BMW's South Carolina plant and $700 million for a new battery assembly facility in the state as well. BMW also announced a deal to purchase battery cells from Japan-based Envision AESC, which will build a new battery cell factory in South Carolina. 
Also on the connectivity front, as we bleed into aerospace, SpaceX unveils Starlink internet services for private jets. Starlink Aviation will deliver speeds up to 350 megabits per second, fast enough to conduct video calls. Starlink, which is a venture founded by SpaceX CEO Elon Musk, aims to sell internet connections to almost anyone on the planet by way of a growing network of private satellites orbiting overhead. The new service plans to charge customers $150,000 for the hardware needed to connect the jet to Starlink, with monthly subscriptions costing between $12,500 a month and even up to $25,000 a month for unlimited data. The internet terminals, which Starlink Aviation expects to begin delivering in mid-2023, can deliver download speeds of up to 350 megabits per second, enabling all passengers to access streaming-capable internet at the same time. This according to the company's websites. Passengers can engage in activities previously not functional in flight, including video calls, online gaming, virtual private networks, and other high data rate activities. So yes, we've been we've been reporting on this over the last couple of years, the development of Starlink, and they're starting to I mean, we just we talked about last week about providing internet access in the Ukraine. Uh, we've got cruise ships out at sea. Now we've got private jets, commercial and public jets. I mean, this is happening. It's all happening right in front of your eyes. The whole world's getting connected, and Elon Musk is the main driver behind that. He's not the only one, but he is one of the primary drivers, and that's why he's up in the news so often. Now, just on a final closing front, we've got two more pieces here. Going back into politics and policy a little bit, the IRS releases inflation adjustments for next year's taxes. The changes could boost your paycheck in 2023. The cost of living adjustments like these and recent ones for Social Security payments are now crucial, obviously, in the era of soaring inflation. So what are the details? Well, the standard deduction for married couples filing jointly in 2023 is $27,700, which is up $1,800 from the year prior. For single taxpayers, the standard deduction rises rose to $13,850, which is up $900. And while tax rates remain the same, the income limits for each tax rate are different. That means your top tax rate might have gone down. For example, if you were earning $90,000 a year in 2022, your top tax rate was 24%. Next year, it is 22%. So look, this is necessary. Uh, We're glad to see this. This is an adjustment. Uh, Based on inflation, we are going through record high inflation. you got to ask, what are the root causes behind this? I'm not here to tell you. But you have to put into question short-term and long-term policies that are made. And finally, to wrap things up on a more serious front, TikTok parent ByteDance has plans to use TikTok to monitor the physical location of specific American citizens. The project, assigned to a Beijing-led team, would have involved accessing location data from some U.S. users' devices without their knowledge or consent. A China-based team at TikTok's parent company, which is ByteDance, plan to use the app to monitor the personal location of some American citizens. This is according to materials reviewed by Forbes. The team behind the monitoring project, the ByteDance's internal audit and risk control department, which is led by Beijing-based executive Song Ye, who reports to ByteDance co-founder and CEO Ribo Liang. 
The team primarily conducts investigations into potential misconduct by current and former ByteDance employees, but in the last two cases, the internal audit team also planned to collect TikTok data about the location of a U.S. citizen who had never had an employment relationship with the company. It is unclear from the materials whether data about these Americans was actually collected. However, the plan was for Beijing-based ByteDance team to obtain location data from U.S. users' devices. So look, what this is about is targeting individual U.S. citizens from the Chinese government, from the Chinese Communist Party. This is about this is about the Chinese Communist Party, the Chinese government targeting individual, very specific U.S. citizens and surveilling them through the TikTok app. That's what this is about. The specific case and what their motives are in the specific case, they're not really revealed by this report. But what is clear is that the app and apps like this are, they can be used in this way. It's like a wiretap on your phone. If you're going to use these apps, you've got to expect that these things can and they will happen, especially as we see this totalitarian takeover of information and censorship. All right, coming up. Well, yeah, so the analogy I use, maybe not a good one, is like there's food all around me, but I still have a kitchen. Like, <laughs> I, you know, there, I, there's food on every corner. There's restaurants on every corner. I, I really don't need a kitchen. <laughs> if I want to eat, I just, you know, but I've got one. Why? Because that's that's the path of least resistance going back yeah. to the comment, right? Or, it's a good analogy. Or moment, right? Yeah, it's a good analogy. So with the calm method, you're able to start telling yourself a story that aligns with the actions that you want to take and then the results that you want to get. So we teach and talk on what we most need help with in our own lives, right? So I was always inundated with thoughts that would keep me uh, in one place, feeling stuck, procrastinating, putting things off. And when I started implementing this method, I started taking action, both small and big, like leaving my corporate job to have my business and doing what I love. So this really works when you start putting it into practice and being consistent about it. And like with anything that we do, the more we do something, the easier it becomes, the more automatic it comes. So at first it might feel like you're stopping what you're doing to really think through the steps. Oh, let me become conscious of how I'm feeling. Let me think aware, what am I thinking about? How do I lean into what else is possible? What are some other options? And then let me make a new decision. So it might feel a little clunky, but the more you do it, it just becomes second nature. That was Nikki Ganjemi from B2B Hour on Auto Conversion, our company blog and website, not to be confused with autoconverse.com, our mobility tech and connectivity podcast that you are listening to right now. Nikki is a personal trainer for your mind who helps you wipe out limiting beliefs and negative emotions in minutes. Connect with Nikki on the web by going to www.nikkiganjemi.com. That's N-I-K-K-I-G-A-N-G-E-M-I.com. Hey dad, are you still looking for a car? Did you know that when you click on car ads, dealers pay for every click? But shouldn't you get paid? 
After all, you're the one clicking. That's why I use Ask Auto. With Ask Auto, you build rewards as you shop. Plus, Ask Auto recommends exclusive offers based on your needs. You can ask questions on cars you like and still protect your personal information. You can even set your price. Who knew car shopping could be so easy and rewarding? Ask Auto. Fast, fun, and rewarding car shopping. To wrap things up, I'm going to play for you my conversation with Ask Auto purveyor Eric Brown. He's a senior executive with extensive experience in building high-growth companies in media, internet technology, healthcare, and automotive verticals. Brown's experience includes building from the ground up for angel-backed startups and re-engineering acquisitions of international Fortune 100 companies for optimum performance and revenue growth. In this conversation, Eric and I are talking about his latest partnership with Toyota, where the automaker will feature a quiz for website visitors, which is powered by Eric's company, Ask Auto. It'll help bring dealer vehicle inventory directly to you, the consumer. Now, before we get into his company's quiz specifically, Eric and I do start talking about the idea of vehicle ownership in general. Have a listen. Is that something you see going away anytime soon? I mean, does that does that seem like kind of a far-fetched uh, uh, approach to consumerism? I So the answer is, again, yes and no. I, I think I see it being impacted. I see it being augmented. You know, particularly as we start to see uh, real progress in uh, public transportation, individualized public transportation, whether that's autonomous pods or autonomous drones, you know, or, or you know, um, you know, just to build out of that infrastructure. So suddenly I have options beyond having to have a second car in the garage is a fallback. Right. So I think you'll you know, like all of these things, they, they move through cycles and, you know, you know, usually it starts with a commercial adoption and then it moves to, you know, to uh, consumer adoption. Uh, and I suspect that's what we'll see here with the commercial adoption being in, in mass transit uh, long before it impacts our, our local uh, connections, our local ownership. So in other words, as, as I might have one car in a garage because I need that convenience, I need that ability to, to you know, have on-demand transportation, but I don't need it as often as I do now because I, I've got a subscription to a ride sharing service that's autonomous, perhaps, or it's, you know, or I have a subscription to, you know, the new drone taxi services that are being tested in various markets. And so, uh, so I think, you know, you'll, you'll see this sort of evolution, you know, f- from less ownership, but not no ownership. That makes yeah. Sense. Yeah. Well, yeah. So the analogy I use, maybe not a good one, is like there's food all around me, but I still have a kitchen. Like, <laughs> I, you know, there, I, there's food on every corner. There's restaurants on every corner. I, I really don't need a kitchen <laughs> if I want to eat. I just, you know, but I've got one. Why? Because that's that's the path of least resistance. Going back yeah. to your comment, right? Or it's a good analogy. Moment, right? Yeah, it's a good analogy. Yeah. So you've got some uh, news to share uh, ask, uh, related yeah. to Ask Auto. I, you have you've uh, Toyota's licensing the platform. I think starting next next month for both ICE and EV models. Yeah. What can you tell us about about that? Yeah, so you know we have long been about how do we get consumers uh, or how do we help consumers uh, find the right vehicle for themselves, and so we've had an AI powered quiz. Um, the Ask Auto quiz um, that consumers could take 
that looked at consumer consumer ownership surveys, millions of them, in fact, uh, and asked them about, you know, what the car they own, why do they love it? Why don't they love it? You know, um, how, you know, how do they come to own this car? And then the attributes about themselves. And so what we discovered a while ago is there's about five attributes that are predictive of ownership satisfaction. And so from that, we built a quiz and, and so Toyota's licensed that uh, quiz, you know, which Toyota is right for you um, to, you know, deploy across their communication channels, uh, primarily in, you know, email, et cetera, uh, to, you know, help consumers discover which Toyota um, in, among their makes and models is the right one for them. And, um, and so anyway, that's, uh, they're rolling that out. And then uh, once we return to the top rated Toyota's top rated matches, if you will, recommendations, then uh, Toyota will provide that consumer with additional information and content to support uh, their education around that vehicle. And then, you know, even more important, of course, is, as I alluded to earlier, that consumers are buying EVs or they're, you know, over fit. We just did some research over 56% of consumers are either looking to buy an EV or wanting to know more about it. So there's a lot of a hunger for knowledge about the EV that just folks just don't know much about that. And so uh, we've created an educational program as well, utilizing the quiz as the tip of the spear. So although which EVs right for me, I answer those questions and then it shows me the top rated EVs. But now it'll actually build a and there you go. There's the results for, for you, Ryan. And uh, and then it will. Um, uh, and then from there, you can activate inventory. In this case, with, with the new rollout, new integration with Toyota, it'll actually produce a bunch of content around that car. Uh, and what we're doing in the EV, of course, is we are uh, going to produce actually video reels, sort of sizzler reel versus educational content within educational content about how to charge the car, where the chargers are, all those kinds of things. And the idea here is help you find the right EV, but then also educate you about what are the what are the elements I need to understand about an electric vehicle before I buy one? Before I take one home and find out my charger was three generations ago, uh, uh, you know those sort of stories, and and provide the consumer those resources. And so we're we're uh, rolling that out as well. Uh, so that's the the EV quiz, if you will, and the ICE one is what the one you just saw there. Okay, so they're separate quizzes. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, you have to first. Uh, the, the the consumer has to first discern if they want to look at gas well, that, or that's too much. We, we, yeah so what we'll do is we'll market the ev quiz so in fact when i was talking about gas stations one of the things we're working on is a national campaign in gas stations that says tired of uh you know paying for high price of gas take the you know take the ev quiz to find the right electric vehicle for you uh and and then we're actually going to enter people into uh, a gift card at the same time for uh, uh, for a gas card, right? So we're gonna help you pay for that gas. But if you test drive one, we might actually pay pay for this gas bill. Uh, and so we're working with a variety of manufacturers to roll that out and say, you know, hey, what's the best place, the best time to engage somebody about electric vehicles is when they're paying the gas ticket. So, so going back to the Toyota uh, integration, how will Toyota and its customers interface? What will that, what, what can customers, ex, consumers expect uh, yeah. if they're shopping Toyota and bump into Ask Auto? Yeah, so they'll have, they'll have the quiz like you saw. Uh, and then what's, what, what the integration that's happening on the back end on the results page is all of the content associated with, in that case, I think it was a, it was a Highlander came up for you. And, 
uh, and they'll be able to access that 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 Highlander content, and, and then they'll actually will be an interface from that uh, Ask Auto result to Toyota's uh, website, uh, both their regional and corporate sites. So, if you are a Toyota customer or past customer, you could expect or prospect, to... et cetera. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. You, you you at some point identified yourself as a Toyota shopper. Yeah. Okay. Or owner. Yeah. Great. Well, congrats on that new partner integration. You know, the other things happening because of the inventory shortage is more and more consumers are starting to look outside of their their confines, if you will. Hey, I've always been a you know a Honda shopper. I've always been a uh, Ford buyer, but Ford doesn't have any cars at my local dealership, so I'm going to consider other makes. So it's really sort of a prime opportunity for a lot of manufacturers to say, "Hey, I'm going to, I want to promote uh, a way for you to discover uh, vehicles outside of you know what you would normally uh, your purview as a consumer." In the past, has been great. And just to reemphasize, folks, you know we uh, we mentioned Ask Auto on pretty much every episode here. If you go to autoconverse.com forward slash Ask Auto, that's O T T O. It'll bring you to this page on our website, and then you can follow that link to activate your shopper shield and start, uh, you know, start down this process with Ask Auto where it's going to learn about you, what products that are going to make most sense to you, when those products come up uh, in, in local inventories. And I don't know if you missed this, but you'll also be able to earn rewards through your shopping activity, yeah. uh, and you'll be able to redeem those rewards on places like Amazon as well. So definitely... Definitely give that a shot. All right. Well, that is a wrap. Hey, thanks again for tuning in to this episode of the Autoconverse podcast. Be sure to text the keyword Autoconverse to 855-766-7585. We'll send you a link to get subscribed to our YouTube channel. And then every month when we go live, we'll send you a link to watch the live stream. And we send that because once the live stream ends, it goes unlisted. And without the link, you won't be able to watch the recap. So we'll send you that link. Also send you links to some information about the blog and the podcast. I should probably take this moment to mention that some of the information and the headlines in today's episode were brought to you by Morning Brew, the free business newsletter landing in your inbox every morning. Get the daily email that makes reading the news actually enjoyable and support Autoconverse by using our referral link in the show notes or go to autoconverse.com forward slash brew. Stay informed and be entertained for free with Morning Brew. I am Ryan Girardi. Thanks again for tuning in. And if you have a moment, share this podcast with somebody that you know that you think might enjoy this. We don't use social media or conventional advertising, so we literally are counting on you to help spread the word and get this podcast out there. Take care, everybody. Ciao. This is Autoburst Media.